Hello and welcome to a special episode of A City Reading to celebrate Children's Book Festival 2020. I'm Glenn, and in this episode we bring you a profile of our online Children's Book Festival events, Thomas Ryan gives advice on how to foster your child's reading, Deirdre Swain profiles her favourite children's author, Madeline Lengel, and Anne Reardon tells us what your teenagers and young readers are reading online. Welcome to our annual Children's Book Festival, with a difference. The format of the festival is radically different this year due to COVID-19. In common with every other part of society, public libraries have had to change how we engage with our members. So whereas before, children and young people would have attended their local branch library in person to listen to author readings, participate in writing workshops, or engage in arts and crafts classes, this year our festival is online only and accessible through our library website in the Children and Teens section. Hopefully it will be no less interesting and engaging, as we have a wonderful lineup of artists, writers and even a historian who will engage the imagination, broaden horizons and fire creativity. In addition, in a possible silver lining, because the Children's Book Festival is online and open to all, a broader set of people than ever hitherto possible can access our festival content. Regarding that content, there is something for everyone, and it is all produced by popular and well-known Irish creatives. For example, Shane Hagerty, author of the Darkmouth series, shares tips on how to write stories, create characters, and build fantasy stories simply by engaging in the world all around you. Storyteller Simone Schumelfeder will have an artistic workshop for three to six-year-olds, where their hands are turned into decorative, dramatic animals, along with creative writing workshops for older children. Melissa Shields, a heritage expert, using props and costumes takes us through some of the extraordinary stories forming our history, such as the vicious Vikings, through medieval mayhem, to the terrible Tudors. This is just a brief selection of what we have for our festival. Here in our podcast, which is aimed more at parents, among other things there will be a feature on how to foster your child's reading, including strategies and hints and tips for reluctant readers and a segment on kinds of graded readers for structured early reading. Hopefully there will be something for everyone to enjoy in our unique 2020 Children's Book Festival, at least until we can welcome everyone fully back to our branches for events and author visits as it was before. All links will be available from our website from the 1st of October. Enjoy! Foster Your Child's Reading by Thomas Ryan A love of reading in books is a wonderful gift to our children. On a practical level, proficiency in reading is the basis of all education and, later in life, the world of work. But apart from pragmatic applications, reading in books open a world of varied experience and imagination. Reading allows us to inhabit other worlds and other lives. It allows us to think about and conceptualise our world and our experience in new, imaginative and innovative ways. The good news is that this gift is relatively easy for parents to impart to children, but it does take time. Here we'll talk about ways to do this, and how to encourage reading. Crucially, it must begin in the home and from a young age. Studies show that reading ability is 50% determined by the time the child enters school. Schools are generally too crowded, and teachers too engaged with a challenging workload, despite the best will in the world to ensure each child's reading proficiency. 
especially when the child lacks a solid foundation in reading gained at a young age in the home. Recall too for a moment your own experience of reading material in school. Contrast what you read there to what you read for yourself when young, or the happy memories of being read too. I can still recall Anne and Barry and their repetitive dull activities with a shudder. Of course, teaching literacy in the home is not about replacing school, rather it aims to give a solid base. If you are following a structured reading program, keep in touch with your child's teacher and try not to use methods contrary to theirs, as this may only cause confusion in your child. What age then should parents start? Structured reading exercises can begin from as young as two years of age. Some children don't even need a structure, just sitting with their parent and being read to can suffice. There is hard evidence that reading aloud to your child is the single most important thing you can do. Being read to and experiencing books can start from as young as six months old. Research has shown that from this age, babies are captivated by pictures and books and love to have the pages turned for them by an adult, who interprets the illustrations. With what are called board books, babies can handle the books themselves. These books are robust enough to survive, even being nibbled at. These books and babies' handling of them can be the very foundation of reading. Often in our busy lives, reading to our child can be an important bonding moment, establishing for the baby a warm, comforting association between reading and their parents. It is thought that from around a year and a half old, though this varies between individuals, babies start to really notice the text itself. They begin to understand that there is information in the text, that there is more than the accompanying illustrations. At this point, all the reading you have already done with them, the explaining of pictures and associated stories, and their own exploration of books, will start to come together. Soon, from roughly two years of age, you can begin some simple reading exercises in a patient, non-pressurised, fun environment. At the end, I'll have some textbook recommendations which have examples of exercises that you can use. Here isn't the place to get into that kind of depth. Don't be too worried that you're going to put the child off with such formality. Your child will hopefully trust you. You will have a solid reading relationship developed and the long-term consequences for the child of not promoting reading are too serious. Fortunately, and you can tell a reluctant reader this, your child must learn to read only once, after which it becomes easy, natural and normal, like riding a bike. So, in practical terms, and not neglecting simply sitting down with your child and reading to them, where should you start? Begin as has been said by reading to the child and later encouraging them to read. By two years old, have a routine of always reading at bedtime and continue reading aloud and at bedtime for as long as possible, even up to the age of ten. There really is no set age limit to this. Reading at bedtime has the added advantage of calming the child and separating the frenetic activity of the day from the peacefulness of bedtime. Don't neglect everyday conversations with your child. Discuss experiences like zoo visits or a castle tour. This encourages the kind of cognitive growth and context development that helps make sense of the worlds encountered in books. Related to this advice to engage with and talk to your child is the need to limit your own use of technology and distractions in order to set an example. If you come home from work and collapse in front of the television or play with your phone, as opposed to picking up a book yourself and reading for personal interest and pleasure, you are sending a message to your child about where your priorities lie. If reading isn't your priority, your child may wonder why it should be theirs. It might be a good idea to sacrifice your own device and have a rule in the house whereby the Wi-Fi goes off at a certain time. Fill your house with books and have children's books everywhere, 
or at least have a child's library corner in the sitting room, with a little chair and a book box or shelf. Don't restrict books to the child's bedroom, but do have a place there for their books. You don't want to silo off reading as something that happens only on occasion, or in a specific place. Offer incentives to your child. Little rewards for reading, such as a visit to the bookshop or to the library. Most children will cherish their library membership card. In addition, libraries are a tremendous resource for literacy and reading for education and fun. Pre-Covid, they all had free storytime events, author visits and reading festivals with cool free prizes. Hopefully, all this will be restored soon. Most libraries have a wide variety of reading material for beginner readers and the more advanced, ranging from babies' board books to picture books you can read to them or for them to read themselves, to graded readers, to novels for confident readers from the likes of David Walliams and Jacqueline Wilson, to factual books through which they can explore hobbies and interests. Librarians can offer advice on types of books and genres and popular authors, but it's important to note that they are not teachers and not trained in teaching literacy to the very young. You are the best judge of where your child is at in their reading ability. A quick way of gauging this is to test them with a tougher textbook with more complex words. If they hesitate a lot over words, then the book is too complex. They will become frustrated and lose interest. But do occasionally push them. The child might become complacent and not develop their ability in vocabulary otherwise. I made a point above about reading factual, descriptive books. It is important not to restrict reading to just fictional stories, and this applies to reading to babies as well. Your library and bookshop will have many board books which deal with things like animals, counting, dinosaurs, trucks and tractors, the ABC, etc. Some children who are very curious about the world prefer factual books. Such books can relate to hobbies as the child gets older and can also be a way of encouraging and engaging reluctant young readers. If a child is interested in, say, sport, there are countless books covering their favourite players and teams. Related to the point above is the importance in general of matching reading to interests or pursuing a favourite writer. If the child reads a book by a particular author and enjoys it, then it is likely that this author has written other similar books. Again, your local library is a fantastic resource for exploring this. If a child seems reluctant or uninterested in what you're reading at first, persevere and eventually they will become so engrossed in the stories that they'll want to experience them themselves independently. Don't try to inhibit or discourage discussions and questions while reading to your child. The child will feel more engaged with the text, becoming an active listener. You could even pause to ask open-ended questions yourself about a character in the story and what they are doing. Studies have proven that this practice markedly boosts child's verbal expression and vocabulary. So where to begin? Start teaching the alphabet. Start with nursery rhymes like the ABC song. Then progress to letter recognition and reading ABC books. Then make the sounds of the letters. For example, tell the child the letter B is read as B. Along with reading to your child and learning the alphabet, it is vital to stimulate phonemic awareness. This sounds like a hard concept, but it's basically awareness of the sounds of words. It can be developed by reading nursery rhymes, where the rhyming words at the end of the verse are more important than their meaning. There are other practical exercises too, which can be found in some of the books I'll mention as recommended reading. Weakness in this area, word sounds, is a strong indicator of potential dyslexia. So now for some concluding advice. Read aloud, read a lot, and push the child on occasion to read advanced language. Also, don't neglect non-fiction. Play word games, depending on age of course. 
Sing nursery rhymes. Like anything in life, practice makes perfect, and children need to practice their reading. Soon, if your kids are not already reading addicts, they'll be devouring books, setting them up for a rewarding pastime and an essential skill. Remember, membership of your library is free. To check the library catalogue, or to find out about library services for children and young people, visit www.corkcitylibraries.ie. Madeline's Engel by Deirdre Swain 2018 marked the 100th anniversary of the birth of Madeline Lengel, the popular children's author who died in 2007. It was also the year that the film adaptation A Wrinkle in Time, based on Lengel's best-known book, was released in cinemas. Madeleine Lengel was born on the 29th of November 1918. She began writing stories and poetry when she was a child and wrote diaries throughout her whole life. Her father, Charles Wadsworth Camp, was a novelist and journalist and he gave her his typewriter when she was just 10 years old. Her father shared his love of stories with her through opera but the unhappy endings in the operas traumatised her as a child. This experience influenced the way that she chose to write. She believed that stories were meant to transform the reader and the main character, but that the story should not end in tragedy. Lengel was very involved in the theatre. Her husband, Hugh Franklin, was an actor and Madeleine wrote a play called Ilsa initially. She then began writing prose, and her first novel, The Small Rain, was published in 1945. This was an adult novel, and it was well received by reviewers. After this, she turned the play she had written, Ilsa, into a novel called Ilsa, which was published in 1946. During this time, she was also writing several other novels, including And Both Were Young, which featured a teenage protagonist and was inspired by her own experience of boarding school. Her editor at the publisher, Lothrop Lee and Shepherd, who were considering publication of this novel, asked for some changes to it so that it could be published as a children's novel. This was the first time that Madeleine had ever thought of and tried writing for children. And Both Were Young was published in 1949 as a juvenile novel. In 1957, Maria, the newly orphaned daughter of friends, became a new member of Madeleine's family, joining her nine-year-old daughter Josephine and her four-year-old son Bayon. Around this time, Madeleine had been writing a novel, Meet the Austins, which started as a series of vignettes about a family living in a New England village. She found a publisher who was interested in this book, but who wanted more plot and a crisis and resolution taking place throughout the story. Since the novel had been inspired by Madeleine's own family life, 
She introduced the arrival of a recently orphaned character into the novel. This fictionalization of true events proved hurtful to her own children. Meet the Austins, a children's novel, was published in 1960 and, along with A Wrinkle in Time, is one of Madeleine Lengel's most well-known books. In 1959, she and her husband Hugh went on a cross-country camping trip. It was in Arizona during this trip that the characters of Mrs. Whatsit, Mrs. Who and Mrs. Which started to form in Madeleine's imagination. Her children's novel, A Wrinkle in Time, started out with the title Mrs. Whatsit, Mrs. Who and Mrs. Which. This novel is a science fantasy story about the protagonist, Meg Murray, who travels with her brother and friend through space and time and different universes in order to save her father and the world. There are battles between good and evil as the characters develop throughout the novel. Madeline faced many rejections of this novel. It was criticised for being unclassifiable, and one publisher asked her to rewrite it, cutting it in half, and she was not willing to reduce the length of the novel that much. Finally, in 1962, John Farrar of the publishing company Farrar, Strauss and Giroux published A Wrinkle in Time, but with some reservations. He thought the audience would be very narrow because it was science fiction and featured a fault-ridden female protagonist. He believed that the concepts of space and time and good and evil would be too complex for children to understand. However, the response from readers was very positive and the novel was a huge success. It won the Newbury Medal, the Sequoia Book Book Award and the Lewis Carroll Shelf Award, but it was also ranked number 22 in the American Library Association's list of 100 most banned books for 1990 to 2000 because it was said to be undermining religious beliefs and promoting witchcraft. This novel enabled Madeleine, however, to spend time on lecturing, teaching and writing without the worries she had had previously about lack of success and financial security. What your teenagers are reading online and other items popular with our young readers. You don't need librarians to tell you that 2020 has been a very unusual year. Libraries were closed for 10 weeks from March to June and like everyone else we tried to make sense, adapt and prepare for an unknown future. For the 10 weeks we were closed, we doubled our efforts in providing e-books and e-audiobooks so our loyal readers would have something to bridge the gap. We missed our readers and the feedback was that our readers couldn't wait for us to reopen. Usually in September, with Children's Book Festival around the corner, and with the renewed enthusiasm for reading that comes with the new school year, we eagerly prepare a list of the most borrowed children's and teen items. As you might guess, the most borrowed child item in 2020 so far is not a paper book, but an e-audiobook. 
Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was borrowed 342 times in e-audiobook form and 95 times in e-book form. There were no surprises in the rest of the list of items borrowed by children, physical books and e-books alike. David Williams, Liz Pichon, Jeff Kinney, Dav Pilkey and Jacqueline Wilson are still the most popular authors among our young library readers. Young adults and teen readers often get bad press for spending too much time on screens and devices. I argue a reprieve for e-books and e-audiobooks. During lockdown, we saw an increase in use of our e-books and e-audiobook services by our young adult members. There were many days when every single e-book and e-audiobook in our collection was out on loan. Fantasy and magic themes dominate the young adult top 10. Stepsister, a dark retelling of Cinderella by Jennifer Donnelly, is the most borrowed young adult e-book so far in 2020. Cruel Prince by Holly Black is the second most borrowed young adult e-book, and it also takes the number one spot for the most borrowed young adult e-audiobook. Holly Black appears twice in both the top ten of e-books and e-audiobook loans, with titles from her Folk of the Air series. Holly Black is also well known as the author of the Spiderwick Chronicles. Wicked Like a Wildfire, number eight in the young adult e-book list by Lana Popovich, is a fantasy novel about twins with a magical gift. World social events and the Black Lives Matter movement has also affected what our young people are reading. Number four on the most popular e-books read by teenagers is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. First published in 2017, this novel deals with police racism in the USA. The narrator, Star, witnesses her childhood friend shot and killed by a white police officer and is compelled outside her wealth bubble to take a stand against injustice. So the next time your teenager is glued to their device, think twice before intervening. They might be reading. Interestingly, in my research, I did find one surprise. Bearing in mind that sometimes par parents borrow items for their children on their own card, I looked at children's items borrowed by readers of all ages. And Pippi Longstocking by Astrid Lindgren was borrowed 61 times by adults so far in 2020. Is this the nostalgia effect caused by lockdown? More likely it's because 2020 marks the 75th anniversary of the first publication of Pippi Longstocking back in 1945. Happy birthday, Pippi. To see the complete lists of the popular children's and teen books, e-books and e-audiobooks, visit our library blog. All links from our homepage at corkcitylibraries.ie. Remember, membership of the library is free and all readers can take up to 12 books plus 5 e-books and 5 e-audiobooks with a library membership. Happy reading. That's all for now. For information, opening hours or contact details about Cork City Libraries, visit our website at www.corkcitylibraries.ie or follow us on social media channels. Music is by Chris Toomey from his album Midnight on the Water. Thanks for listening. Slán!